Five Pairs New York City headquarters. I'm Adam Teeter. And I'm Joanna Sherino. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the Vine Pair Podcast. So, have have we all been? I mean, post week post Super Bowl. Feels like it feels like we're like back in prime, like imbibing time. If that's a thing yes. if that feels you know what I mean? Like it's like <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know how that always happens post Super Bowl, where like you know everyone had crazy parties, and I think also this year, especially coupled with like Valentine's Day coming right after it, mm-hmm. and then you know we had our like sort of vine pair party too, holiday party. Yeah, and yeah. then you were jet skating across the country for parties. Yeah. <laughs> so it just feels like though that is like <laughs> so the you're back sort of... in prime and vibing time. Basically, is what you're like everybody, I feel like everybody is. Hey, don't don't just come at me. Don't just come <laughs> at me. I will back up Adam on this. I definitely had we Kayla and I definitely had a bottle of wine last night and then had a cocktail each for like after the kids were asleep. So Whoa. Yeah, I know. I think a wild night. A crazy night at the Jabal house. No, no, but I do. I feel like that it it is like sort of that that lever that gets pulled again. Everyone's like, Okay, cool, we're back and everyone's like getting Mm -hmm. excited about March and you know whether you, it's our swarm up or not in your neck of the woods, right. <laughs> it definitely doesn't here. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is funny how that kind of happens. And then, you know, people start going out again in, in much larger numbers than I think you do right after the holidays and sort of take that hibernation period in January, which I don't blame anyone for, to be honest, no. you know, makes the bars more fun for me. But uh, I do <laughs> think that that's, it, it is interesting that it really does seem to to be that way. So with that in mind, Joanna, what have, what have you been up to in the last week? What have you been drinking? What have you been doing? Uh, well, yeah. So we went out for Valentine's Day. We ended nice. up doing it. Yep. Had, had the martini. Had the martini that I said I was going to have. And that was really nice. Went to a local restaurant um, where I'm living now. Um, but before that, on, on Sunday, um, got a few went to the grocery store and got a few local beers um, and that were actually pretty good. I got uh, five boroughs brewing city light, which is an unfiltered nice. light lager, which was really good. And then more locally oyster Bay brewing company um, out on long Island, uh, barn rocker ale uh, barn mm. rocker is a hockey term that Evan had to tell me about. Um, and that's a session <laughs> ale. And then, so uh, and then this Wait, what does the hockey term mean? Yeah. What does it mean? I we have a hockey team in Seattle now. I should. I need to know this. I don't actually know what it means. It's oh, like when you Evan just informed you that it it's something. Around it was hockey. indeed a hockey term. Yes. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, but we don't know what it means. No, I'll, I'll look it up. <laughs> um, I should have looked it up for this. <laughs> um, I think it means like when you're doing like you shoot a bunch, you score a bunch of goals, and you're doing really well. Oh, okay. so you're rocking the barn. Rocking the barn. Yeah. Okay. If oh, this barns they, are rocking, don't come a knock in. I, I guess know. they yeah. I guess they play hockey in barns. <laughs> is that what I they do? Nothing. No. It's like none of us watch hockey. Sorry for the hockey. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Sorry. so that sounds cool. What else? Yeah, yeah. And then um and then this past week we had a bottle of wine um from uh Pasqua State in Verona, the Hey French. Uh, Suave, I yeah. think that was Super Bianco, which is a blend of the Garganega and Pinot Grigio and Sauvignon from different vintages. Yeah, that's, that's really, a cool really wine. Good. It's a really cool wine, yeah. Really cool wine, yeah. That was really delicious. So, um, What about you, Zach? Well, uh, Caitlin and I had a nice Valentine's Day dinner at home with the kids, as, as promised on uh, last week's episode. But mm-hmm. um, we opened a bottle of 2003 Damilano uh, Cinque Vigne Barolo, which was very nice. nice. Um, we we do have a lot of fondness for uh, wines from Piedmont. Uh, was one of our first 
uh, trips together as a couple um, was was included mm-hmm. at a time in Piedmont that was particularly special. Um, I've also been drinking a lot of beer lately, actually. Um, also went to a couple of breweries. Um, it's been it's become two things. One, it's like a great thing for me to do sometimes during the day when I'm taking care of my daughter because um, breweries are usually kid friendly mm-hmm. around here and uh, open, especially on like a Friday uh, during the day. So I've been getting around to some of the local breweries. I went to Urban Family Brewing uh, in here in Seattle and had um, a couple of nice beers, including uh, one I particularly enjoyed, which was a, a plum sour that they make, which is very good. They're, they're particularly nice. focused on making sour beers um, and do a really nice job, both fruited and not. Uh, and then the last thing I had recently was, um, again, still inspired by um, the recent Cocktail College episode about the sidecar. I decided to go get some blood oranges and made a blood orange sidecar, which mm. um, was very tasty the other night. So uh, I, I have, uh, you know, a, a little ambitions on on playing with that recipe a touch, but it was uh, it was good. How about you, Adam? So on the Super Bowl, we had some interesting uh, beers. Um, cool. Josh came over, some other friends. Josh brought Oxbow. Um, nice. you know, loves that mm-hmm. brewery. Um, and had a, um, a really nice, like, sort of pale ale farm, uh, like pale farmhouse ale. So, you know, mm-hmm. hopped farmhouse ale, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then I also really enjoy the session IPA from Other Half called Forever Ever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. it's just an awesome beer and, um, it's like 4.5. Three percent, four point four percent. So it's great for watching football and having like two or three of them. Um, so that was what I consumed. Um, and then I did have to go to LA for the last for the middle of this week, um, and I got to go to uh, Kiesbaka. Mm-hmm. Kiesbaka, Kiesbaka. Yeah, Kiesbaka. Um, that is now the the wine director there is Nathaniel Munoz, and he took care of uh, myself and a few friends. And we well, the, the probably the coolest thing is that we. Uh, we had a pretty cool bottle of uh of wine uh that I, I was very lucky to have, which was a, a, a bottle of nineteen ninety eight Borgogno, which yeah. was delicious. Nice. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And uh, then I drank a good amount of scotch because that's why I was out there. <laughs> we had a we had a, <laughs> we, had a din- we had a dinner uh for a bunch of vine pair readers at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Um, in yeah, in collaboration with the luxury portfolio of Scotch whiskeys from Diageo. So we had some ridiculous taliskers and mort looks and uh what's it the the uh they have an orphan barrel which is like their their little their special project mm-hmm. so that was cool to like try a bunch of these were like really really old scotches 20 30 year olds it was cool uh and that was about it now i'm uh i'm back you're back yep yeah so um this week we thought we'd talk a little bit about Voting with your wallet. Um, and I think, you know, one of the pegs here is that obviously we've we've had some conversations like this in the past, but, you know, it seems like more and more – there was a huge, actually, uh, news article um, that came out this past week that said that there's, there's a lot of data proving that actually uh, people are moving to specific parts of the country that um, – to live with people they agree with. Uh, and that also we've never seen a higher percentage of people who say that they would be upset if their child married someone of an opposite political belief. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think at this point now it's like 45% of Democrats and like 40% of Republicans like that say that they would not be okay with 
their child marrying someone of the opposite political persuasion, right? So there's a lot of obviously conversations of politics happening in our world right now. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to that, there's obviously, there's massive amounts of pandemic fatigue. Um, and you know, we're, we're hearing from that on either side. And, um, so one of the things happened this past week in New York, uh, is that a brewery that we've talked about a bunch threes, um, their C one of their co-founders and CEO tweeted some stuff being, pretty anti-vaccine passports and things like that. And it's gotten a lot of attention because the neighborhood in which the brewery operates in Gowanus is very much a very liberal mm -hmm. neighborhood. That's very pro the New York city vaccine passport. Right. And he's basically saying he doesn't, he wouldn't, you know, accept them. He doesn't think they're necessary. He actually thinks, you know, said some, some kind of crazy shit to be honest about it. Um, mm -hmm. And so that got us all talking, the, the three of us about, you know, so, then obviously you had the reaction on Twitter of Osiel saying, I'm never drinking threes again. Right. And so, you know, where, what when, sh what do you do? When do you vote with your wallet? And what does it mean to do, to, to vote with your wallet? Right. Like, you know, I was having this really interesting conversation with a, one of our, um, one of our writers uh, just via chat saying like, do we think anyone even cares, right? Like, does mm -hmm. the majority of the customers at threes really even care? Like, is this going to affect their business at all, right? Like, how do you really know what's right. happening and how many people does it really affect? And, you know, one of the things I always think about is, like, there's there's been several other cases around the country of brands behaving badly. And the people in, you know, in the beverage world know about it, whether it's a specific whiskey brand or another beer brand. I mean, there was the whole, like, founders issue right. a few years ago, Right. And my brother is a massive founders drinker or was until I told him what happened and he hadn't read it. You know, he, he's not on all the beer sites all the time. So he didn't know, you know, and I think mm -hmm. if you looked at what happened to their bottom line, it probably didn't affect them that much at all. So, you know, I think it's, it's really interesting to think about sort of how much does the reaction even matter to when these things happen? Because, you know, for some people like, do they just like the beer and that's what it is? Or they just like the wine and that's what it is. Um, so I'm curious what you guys think about all that. Go ahead, Zach. Yeah. So I think that there's there's obviously a lot to unpack here. And I think one thing that I want to point out is one thing that's been a little different of late, and, and maybe it's been, you know, exacerbated by some of the pandemic stuff or whatnot, is that I think that in the past, I might have thought about how a a producer, how a brand, you know, kind of operated in its official capacity, mm -hmm. right? You know, in other words, uh, and and setting aside three as, as a, the specific example, but just in general, knowing that for the most part, maybe some of the people who worked at any given brewery, winery, distillery, whatever that I might like, maybe even the people who ran it or owned it, I might not have agreed with them politically on everything, but recognize that like, a, I'm not necessarily able to or interested in sussing out all of the personal politics of everyone involved in any given right. product I'm going to consume. And B, that um, there is space, I think, or has been space, I think, to go, okay, I might not agree with, you know, who this person voted for or or some of the things they support. But if the if the company as a whole, if the brand as a whole isn't, let's say, doing anything particularly political and isn't involving itself, I at least personally have generally been able to sort of say, like, that's probably enough um, of a like, you know, if they're not using their 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 company, their brand uh, in a sort of expressly political way counter to what I believe in, I, I probably wouldn't have refrained necessarily from, mm -hmm. you know, purchasing and consuming those things. Now, part of what's different in in the last few years is, you know, uh, with social media being ever present, 
is it's a lot easier for people to spread and then to share have share or have shared their personal politics should they choose to express them. And I think that that is a, you know, that that's true outside of our industry too, for sure. It's something that that is very true in general and, and something that all of us have to be at least a little bit cognizant of. But I also think that, um, you know, it's also true that just uh, to that statistic you were citing, that evidence you were citing, Adam, it does also feel like, you know, I don't know if these things actually matter more now than they used to, but I think for a lot of people, it feels like they do. And there is a little bit of a vibe of choosing up sides. And, and I can understand people saying like, Hey, I might really like this wine. I might really like this, you know, whiskey, but I don't like what I've read or heard or seen about the people who make it. And you know what? I I live in a world of infinite choice. I don't have to be drinking this if I don't want to be, I have another brewery, another winery, another distillery. I can another bar, another restaurant. I can patronize, and that is, I think, the part where the voting with the wallet does make a certain amount of sense. Because in the end, you know, fortunately, we are spoiled for choice in this country in mm-hmm. all of these categories, almost no matter where you are. And and that ability to say, you know what, I'm not even necessarily going to wade into the the messy debate about who is and isn't right. I'm just going to choose to support someone who I believe either mm-hmm. aligns more with me and my beliefs, or at least isn't out there espousing something that I, that I disagree with vehemently. Hmm. What do you think, Joanna? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I definitely find this challenging as a consumer myself. Like I think about the threes example or any other example where I like the brand and have like, you know, I pay money to have it and I enjoy it. And then something happens where, you know, it's revealed to me that, you know, I don't agree with whatever the politics, whatever, whatever it is. And I feel really, you know, I feel really remiss to not, not buy that brand again, because I think in some cases, or in many cases, probably, uh, the people who work there, okay, maybe they don't suffer, because maybe it doesn't affect the bottom line, but it feels really shitty for the people who work there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, that's something that I find really challenging, um, as a consumer myself, I think also going back to one of the original points that you made, Adam, like, I think a lot of people don't, don't know. And yeah. um, I think that's really hard. I, I, a few examples I'm thinking of um, are like, I think about like In-N-Out Burger. Yeah. Um, and uh, there, that's more just like, it's a kind of a religious brand. And there's, um, you know, on the cups, there's Bible verse on the cups. And but I most people have little, no clue. And most people have no clue, or maybe they buy it and they notice it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, I think I've had In-N-Out once to try it, but it's something that I think about often, or I think about Chick-fil-A, how people like love, love, love Chick-fil-A, but it's like a horribly homophobic brand, right? Um, Yep. But I think that people like love Chick-fil-A, right? Like they talk about it a lot and they're like, it's so amazing. And people still buy (laughs) Chick-fil-A all the time. And I'm like, I, I just get that even though we do have like infinite choices in this world right now that people still in, in some cases they are aware of the issues or controversies or whatever. Hey, mm-hmm. maybe they agree with them. I don't know. Um, and still choose to, to patronize. So I think, I think it's a, just a very interesting and, and kind of challenging, um, you know, point that we're at right now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of these situations where, you know, as a business owner, you have to make a decision if you're going to be, you know, publicly political, I guess, right. one way or the yeah. other. Um, and then if you are, 
you have to decide whether or not you care that some of your employees do or don't agree with you. And I think Mm -hmm. you put the employees in a very tough position, but this isn't unique to, you know, alcohol at this point, right? You know, you have Spotify uh, employees who are demanding that Joe Rogan be pulled down from the platform. And literally CEO is like, fuck no. I mean, if you guys saw the Times report this last week, it came out that they didn't pay Joe Rogan $100 million to join Spotify. They actually paid him $200 million to join Spotify and that there's going to be even more payouts because he literally is the reason that the platform has exploded in the US, right? He brings, uh, there's crazy amounts of data, you know, tens upon tens of millions of listeners to to listen to him blather for hours and then they stay on the platform and listen to music (laughs) so spotify so so ceo spotify doesn't care you know that the other employees are uncomfortable i think what's hard about a situation like you know threes or you know other things we talked about in the past is when the business owner is trying to clearly say this is their personal opinion don't hold the business accountable because Mm -hmm. there's no way to do that right if i said if i had a crazy personal belief and said, don't hold Vimebear accountable. Everyone should and would, right? Like that's just Mm -hmm. how this is. Um, And that's the same for any of these companies, right? Like, you know, I think this came out when we had, you know, Zach, I think last time you and I talked about this was when we, you know, Vimebear reported in a bunch of other places too on all of the donations that, you know, Marvin Schenken has made to Trump. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, you can say all you want that that's a personal belief, but he's the owner of Wine Spectator. So by paying for taking out ads, buying wine spectator, et cetera, you're supporting his bottom line, which then allows him to give Trump. So if you don't believe in supporting Trump, then maybe you shouldn't support that, right? And I think sure. while that while sucks. Ca- and that I sucks. I gotta say, like I feel I I feel like really shitty about that. Cause like if you if you, you know, said all these crazy things, Adam, and then you were like, don't hold Vine Pair accountable and then people did, like I would feel really shitty about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, look, I think that the thing is we as much as we haven't found a better system for business in the world than capitalism, right? We just haven't. You know, maybe someone will figure it out at some point, but capitalism is a system that we have. And in capitalism, you are allowed to vote with your wallet. So, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I do think that while it is really shitty, I, I don't know, you know, for the employees, I don't know what, what else to say. Like, I, I know a lot of people who said to me in the past week, oh man, I don't think I can drink that beer again. Right. You know, or not for like the next few weeks. Like, God, I just can't, you know, I can't, I don't feel good personally now drinking that. Mm-hmm. And do you think, yeah. by the way, that part of this is, I would wonder too that there's a difference in some way in the way that, that people feel about something like a brewery like three is that for a lot of people really feels like important to them. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about yeah. these kinds of places serving as third, as third places, as, as, you know, community connectors, as you mentioned, it's in a very liberal part of, of Brooklyn. And I think there probably were a lot of people who felt kind of betrayed in some sense yeah. by, by feeling like, you know, we all make a lot of assumptions, but one of them that I would be feel relatively comfortable in is that if I'm looking at say one of the massive multinational beverage corporations, you know, probably the people at the top of those corporations have political beliefs that I don't, I don't share, right? Like that, that's, mm-hmm. I think a safe bet. Safe assumption, yeah. At that's at that point, but I'm also not necessarily saying I would never drink any of their products. I, I do. And, and maybe that's a, there's a hypocrisy there. That's fine. Or, I mean, I recognize to some extent that that's true, but I think there is something about these smaller brands positioned in, you know, very liberal cities in, you know, even maybe extremely liberal parts of very liberal cities in, and probably to some extent positioning themselves one way and to learn that, you know, the person who, um, 
you know, one of the people who's profiting most from this maybe mm-hmm. is th- that's, that's not how they feel. Mm-hmm. I-, I can see how for people that feels like a betrayal in a way that learning, like, I don't know, the, you know, the Bush family, B-U-S-C-H, that I should say, mm-hmm. um, you know, that like behind AB InBev, mm-hmm. it, you know, has their personal politics like that, that probably doesn't come as a shock to anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I think you know, it's interesting what you bring up, Joanna, because with with like the the examples of Chick Fil A and In and Out, is that I think there's a lot of conversations that always happens around all this kind of stuff, right? And I do think that this data that I cited at the beginning about forty five percent, so I, I have the full data in front of me now. It's forty. So in 1960, four percent of Democrats and four percent of Republicans both did not want their kids marrying someone of the opposite political party. Mm-hmm. This year, 45% of Democrats and 35% of Republicans said that they would not accept their child marrying someone of the opposite political party. But that still means that 55% of Democrats are okay with it and mm-hmm. 65% of Republicans. So where, the way I gauge that is that the 45% of the Democrats and 35% of Republicans that aren't okay with that are probably the same group of people that are going to vote with their wallet around brands, mm-hmm. right? Maybe but there's so. the other group that are like, you know what? I don't really care. You know, so I they make a good chicken sandwich and I'm going to walk, you know, and I'm going to, to not 100% live my values because that's just, I don't know how I could do that. And so I'm going to enjoy the chicken sandwich and, you know, go give to glad. Right. I I think Mm -hmm. that's, there's, there's a lot of people who still do that. And I think there will be a lot of people that are still going to go to threes Mm -hmm. and, you know, say, I, I don't, you know, this, the, the owner seems like he's going through it and yeah. Yeah. he has really crazy views on the vaccine that I don't agree with, but I think that, you know, they make beer and I want to support the brewer and the employees and blah, blah, blah. And I actually don't have a relationship with him. I've never met him before, but I've talked to the bartenders countless times on the nights I've been there or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm going to drink the beer. And, you know, I think that that will continue. Will, will there be some, some suffering in sales? Probably, but it may not be as bad as everyone thinks it will be because there is still this portion of the population that doesn't as much care, right? That is able to sort of put things into different, you know, buckets of importance of like how much they really want to like live that truth. And that's the same with religious beliefs too, right? There's people who are super religious and people who are culturally religious or, Mm -hmm. you know, varying degrees, right? And so I, I, I think it's, it's interesting because we always cover this stuff all the time and talk about, you know, Oh, what does this mean? Is is the brand dead? And I, mm-hmm. I think you don't. I think it's going to suffer, but I don't think it will be for for very long. Well, and I think a complicating factor here too is that another time that we've had this kind of conversation, it's been about, let's say, either criminal or or you know, kind of gross sexual misconduct mm-hmm. by you know by people who are in positions of power at companies like this, and 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 where. On you know, especially when it tends to be uh you know persistent and and sort of systemic abuse, you know, there's a lot of conversation about how people should, um, you know, for the large part, you know, should should boycott the the restaurant or or producer or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways, what what is complicating for me in this is that I do believe that it's important that people, you know, whomever they are, should have some you know relative, you know, we have a, a certain you know political freedom in this country to to believe what we believe politically to espouse our political beliefs to some extent to you know vote how we care to vote etc not without any consequence obviously but but that that i'm not sure that i'm comfortable saying all the time that i i won't you know patronize a business that who, whose 
you know, where there's political beliefs that I don't agree with. But I also think that 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 is getting more complicated. That is getting yeah. harder to do because, you know, this isn't a debate about, you know, the the founder of a brewery and I disagreeing about whether, you know, student loan debt should be canceled. Like, you know, there can be a good spirited debate about that. You know, one, you can feel one way, you can feel the other way. And I don't think I would necessarily say, you know, well, I'm never going to your brewery again because you and I disagree on this issue. But with things surrounding COVID, the vaccines and Mm -hmm. and other things that really have these sort of broader um, societal impacts in in life or death ways in some sense, I I think there is some element of this that that really is a a complicating factor for me. And and while I agree with you, Adam, that there are lots of people who who will just sort of either not be aware of the news at all or kind of be like, oh, okay, maybe I won't go there for a while. But then, you know, a month later, two months later, they're in the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. they're thirsty, whatever, right? Who cares? I think, though, that where I'm not sure where we land is, you know, do we do we end up in a place where, you know, almost (laughs) we we want to, you know, we I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here other than to say that, like, we want kind of businesses that we might patronize to like actively identify their politics. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm explaining that, but like, I think we've seen a lot of that in, in a variety of ways, some, some heartfelt and genuine, some maybe via token gestures around things like race and inclusion and diversity and, um, you know, gender equality, things like that. And this feels of a piece with that in some way. Yes. I, I think I agree. I think I understand what you're saying, Zach, and I think mm-hmm. I agree with it. That's good. I'm not totally <laughs> sure I do. So so um, thank you, Joanna. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a difference between a brand whose politics are known, like you said, and, and that kind of permeates the brand. And so it's like when you do choose to to give your money to that brand, it's like a known thing versus something where it's an incident, an isolated incident that happened maybe, or um, something that's kind of come to light. Um, and I think that does that does really complicate the situation for, for people. I mean, I feel this myself, like I think a lot about the last few years and a lot of the, you know, the breweries or restaurants or whatever, where these, these situations have kind of come to light and they've been horrible and, you know, assault or whatever, whatever the offense was. And, and I think to myself now, like, is there a period of time where after which I would go back to that place or patronize mm-hmm. that place again? Has the company addressed it? Like, what would it take for me to go back, I guess? Because I do think about this and I think about it in, in publishing as well. Like for a lot of breweries, like, is this brand okay? Like, oh, can we write about founders, Adam? Like, can we cover it? I don't know. Are we in that, can we, are we in that, at that point yet? Yeah. Um, and I think that, but I do think with, with a brand like an in and out or something, where it's kind of known what the politics are. Um, that's something where we can make those decisions, I think, a little bit more easily. Yeah, because you know, I think it's I think it's hard to say, like, well, if you're going to if you're going to vote with your wallet, you better do it all the time. Because first of all, no one can. Right. And right. look, it is very hard to you know to do that research, mm-hmm. but. If you are the owner and you are going to go on a public platform and make your views known, then I don't – I think that's a different case, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's very different. You know, 
Chick-fil-A very, very publicly is anti-LGBTQ, right? Very publicly. So if you still then choose to support them for whatever reason, that you made that choice knowing this. Now, are there probably other restaurants, bars, et cetera, that we all frequent that that may have similar beliefs? I mean, depending where I grew up in Auburn, Alabama, for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. But I didn't know that. And I, you know, like, so, you know, the, the owners didn't talk that publicly about maybe what they did or didn't believe. Um, mm-hmm. I'll tell you that this one thing, I definitely didn't go to Jim Bob's, which was this chick, this fried chicken place in Auburn, where he again had Bible verses everywhere and told everyone who was Jewish like me, you're burning in hell. Like I, I didn't frequent that, you know, yeah. but there were, there are, you know, if, if you're not going to choose to do that, if, that, if that's not how you're going to, if you're not going to make your, your, you know, your political beliefs publicly known like that, then yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to know. And I think it's not fair to hold people who say then they're not going to figure the places who do know, well, then you better do your research on every single place that you ever, you know, you ever frequent, whether it's the furniture you buy or the pasta, you know, you cook or any of that stuff. Cause it's mm-hmm. just not yeah. possible. But once you put it publicly out there, it is. And I think that that's the challenge that producers have to, think about, right? Is, mm-hmm. you know, if you believe something this strongly, then you need to be prepared for the backlash. And I think it, what's always surprising to me is that every person who does put their beliefs out there is then always surprised there's someone who disagrees with them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, I think it's like that. It's, I think it's because you're so confident, you know, you've got to, you just got to have such, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say narcissism, but you know what I mean? Like you just believe so strongly you're totally right. that you put, That's why you put it out there. They're like, oh yeah. shit. Didn't feel like, yeah, right. Like Adam Newman, like you, just didn't, you know, I was like, I've got crazy beliefs and I'm going to tell everyone them. And then I'm really shocked that everyone thinks I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. I just think that that's kind of part of that probably personality trait. Um, so, you know, I, it, that's always been super interesting to me and always surprised by the book. I'm like, oh, please don't take this out of my employees. It's like, well, th- you're giving everyone no choice at this point. Right. And, and I think where I feel really, really bad is for the employees because it's, it's not, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and y- y- to put your employees in that kind of position is just not right. You know, these people yeah. rely on you to literally be able to live. You, you are, you know, in some ways a caretaker of your employees, right? Like you are the, you know, the business doing well is what allows everyone to continue to survive sure. in our fucking mm-hmm. country. And so, by doing something reckless because you can, you've now put every single other person at risk. And that's yeah. just so fucking shitty. And and that I think in this regard to me is is more upsetting than anything else, right? Is mm-hmm. you know, the, the COVID stuff in in the regard to threes or, you know, other things I think is is really sad to to hear that people don't want people to get vaccinated or don't think people everyone should get vaccinated, et cetera, or the people give to Trump has upset me for my own personal beliefs. But mm-hmm. You know, when you then put your employees at risk, I think it's just like, fuck, you know, Mm -hmm. I just, God, it's, we've already been through enough. We've already, there've been too many people in this country for the last few years who've been scared of whether or not they're going to have their jobs. Now, you know, what was going to happen, et cetera. That just seems like a really. Yeah. Not to mention like the situation that craft beer is in right now. Yeah. You know, so. I think it's, you know, as as all of us have sort of, it seems like intimated in this conversation, like it's just really difficult, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's hard to say what you should or shouldn't do. Um, And I think it's hard to say that if you do do, if you do choose to not support something that then you have to not support all things because that's also impossible, but that, you know, we're all kind of in situations where 
yeah, if, if something is, if, if we feel uncomfortable about something because of something that was said, we're, we're totally within our rights as a capitalist country to not purchase it again. Mm-hmm. As I said before, there's always other options. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and, you know, this, this brings up so many other topics that I want to discuss, but there's too, not enough time. Um, but, you know, I, you know, I, I'm like, Zach, I was thinking about this earlier today. Like, how do we, I would love to get the data and see how many people are still pursuing the Court of Master Sommeliers. You yeah. know, like, yeah. has that gone down? Has that gone up? Like, how much do these controversies actually matter mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day to to the majority of people? I think it's really interesting. Um, and if you are a listener and you have, you know, a controversy has caused you to make a certain decision um, one way or the other about supporting or not supporting a business organization, et cetera, please let us know. Shoot us an email at podcast.vimepair.com. Uh, we love hearing, you know, what you think about these kinds of topics as well. Um, they, they also help inform us as we continue to, to make our own opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joanna and Zach, I'll talk to you on Friday. See you then. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening to the Vine Pair Podcast. If you love this show as much as we love making it, then please leave us a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It really helps everyone else discover the show. Now for the credits. VinePair is produced and recorded in New York City and Seattle, Washington by myself and Zach Jabal, who does all the editing and loves to get the credit. Also, I would love to give a special shout out to my VinePair co-founder, Josh Mallon, for helping me make all this possible. And also to Keith Beavers, VinePair Tasting Director, who is additionally a producer on this show. I also want to, of course, thank every other member of the VinePair team who are instrumental in all of the ideas that go into making this show every week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again.